Bibles, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4. Very, very familiar portion of Scripture. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4. Again, Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4. It said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God, uh, the Lord our God is what? One, One Lord. Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thine heart and with some of thy soul and with a little bit of thy mind. Is that what it says? Huh? What's it say? And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with most of your might. All. I want to give God all. If I'm not giving God all, something's wrong. I want to give Him all tonight. Amen. The Lord our God is one Lord, and I shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Amen. Amen. Drop down to verse 10. The writer of Deuteronomy trying to talk and warn God's people. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be filled, beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. God, I thank you for your love. Thank you, God, I thank you for your touch tonight. God, I ask that you would just touch these lips of clay and help me speak as your spirit would lead it. Lord, to encourage, to strengthen, to feed the flock tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can you give the Lord a good hand? You may be seated. I want to talk. I'm not going to forget the truth. Don't forget the truth. He said, Thou shalt love the hero Israel, the Lord our God. He is one Lord. The old patriarch said, There's one God. And I want you to hear, Israel, the Lord our God is what? One One Lord. The very first scripture I ever said to my kids, and and D, you were there for Ben when I grabbed Ben, and I stood there and I held him, and I began to pray for him. But before I began to pray for him, the first thing I said to him was, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I wanted him to understand even from the age. I did that with each of these children, with Matthew and Abigail and Nolan. Why? Because I don't want to forget the message that brought me up out of bondage. I don't want to forget the fundamental apostolic truths 
of the mighty God in Christ. The truth of the one true God. I'm glad today that there was a man that came my way with the Word of God and began to teach me what not what a church said, not what a denomination said, but what the Word of God said. I don't want to forget that Word today. He said when you get into the land, when you enter into the promise, when you enter into that promised land, and you're enjoying the houses you didn't build, and you're enjoying olive trees that you didn't plant, and you're enjoying vineyards that you didn't put the work into, be careful lest you get full and you forget the Lord that brought you out of bondage. Too many times I believe in apostolic churches. We have become too focused on the on the things of this life and not focused on the Word of God enough. I'm not saying all apostolics are that way, but I'm saying it is a problem in our day and our hour. Yeah. We better be careful, church, or we'll sit on our padded pews with our, our sound systems and our microphones and our music and, and we'll enjoy everything that God has provided. But if we're not careful, we're going to forget the meat of the Word of God. God is sovereign. God is holy. God still intends for us to obey the letter of the law. You're saying we're living under the law? No. We're living under the grace of God that God did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And with the fulfillment of the law and God abiding in our heart through the power of the Holy Ghost, we can overcome the world and this flesh. How do I know it? The Word of God. This church, God forbid, ever be dictated and led by any man that doesn't first check every message and every thought with the Word of God. Amen. Mm -hmm. Listen, it's the Word of God that's going to judge us in the last days. It's not men's theories. It's not men's opinions. It's not those that say, oh, you're old school. It is the Word of God. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 says there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. One body. There's one church. There's one bride. And it doesn't matter the name over the church door, friend. You better get a hold of the apostles' doctrine. And you need to know it. You need to know what they taught about salvation. You need to know what they taught about holiness. You need to study to show yourself a reproved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. There is one body. I'm not interested in the name over the church door. 
I'm not interested whether you're UPC, ALJC, PAW, WPF, or however many more initials you want to put on. What I'm interested in, are you preaching the apostles' doctrine? Are you apostolic in word and deed? Well, preacher, how do I know that this apostolic way is right? I had a uh, somebody who's very precious to me asked me, how do we know that what we preach and teach is right? Daddy, how do you know? Let's look at John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Amen. That's a very good question. John chapter 17. Sanctify them through truth. Thy word is what? John 17, 17. Sanctify sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is what? So the truth, the word of God, is a purifying word. Whatever the word touches... If it's sanctified by the Word, amen, it's purified. In James 1, go to Hebrews and take a right. In James chapter 1, and verse 18, Of His own will begat He us with the Word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of His creatures. He begat us, or birthed us, through the Word of truth. Amen. You see, having a knowledge of truth is not the same thing as the truth having possession of your soul. That's right. That's good. Yes. Having a knowledge of truth and the truth having you is two totally different things. I, I love this truth. Well, preacher, why do you preach Acts 2.38 almost every service? Why do you quote it? We know this Scripture. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, my kids quote this every night, more, uh, almost every night, before they go to bed. Why? Because I don't want them to forget the message that brought me out of bondage to the cold bondmen of this world. The prince, the power of the air. He brought us out of a proverbial type of sin and bondage just like He brought God's people out of Israel. He told them to teach this truth when they walk in the way and when they're sitting in their homes and wherever they go. Here, O Israel, the Lord of God is one Lord. I'm thankful I know the oneness of God because the Word of God teaches that. Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3 and he said, Lord, Rabbi, I know that thou art a teacher come from God. And Jesus looked at him and said, You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. 
And he said, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say to you, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Is that what the Word says? Is? Amen. You've got to be born again. Of the water and of the Spirit. Of the water and the Spirit. You must be born spiritually. You have to be born again. And how are we going? We begat by the word of what? Truth. And hearing, when we hear the word of God, and we grasp it, and we claim it for our own, and we obey it, we can enjoy the truth of the word of God. Amen. We We can find that place in God. Where God begins to move in our life. And God begins to minister. And this truth becomes more than ink on the page. But letters of love written on our heart. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born of him. Jesus taught repentance and remission of sins. How do you teach? In Luke 24, I believe it is. Luke, let's turn there. Luke chapter 24, verse uh, 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, Thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and the remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So this message should be preached in what? Everywhere. His name beginning at Jerusalem. We don't preach any other name but Jesus' name. Amen. And, and you are witnesses of these things. Verse 48, 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Amen. You must be born again. He told them that repentance and remission of sins or the removal of sins should be preached in His name. In Mark, Chapter 16, it said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's turn there real quick so I don't misquote it. Mark 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues. Amen. That next scripture I'd like to teach a Bible study on because there's a lot of confusion on this is not, nor will it ever be, a snake handling church. Amen. Amen. Uh, 
If it is, y'all going to have to find another pastor because I ain't coming in here with a bunch of rattlesnakes. Oh. Hey, 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 man. Amen. We're leaving. But uh, uh, when we understand the Word of God, He said that we've got to be baptized. The same thing He told Nicodemus. And if we're not baptized, we're not going to make it. Right. So you can't tell me that baptism is not essential to salvation. Right. You can't tell me that. Because the scripture, he told Nicodemus, it was repeated again in the book of Mark. I'm talking about basic doctrine that apostolics don't know where these scriptures are. Do you know where these basic scriptures are? In a moment's notice, if you're witnessing to somebody, we've got to put these things in our mind and in our heart, or we'll forget what makes us apostolic. <coughs> Amen. It's more than just Acts 2:38. Jesus did a lot of teaching in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, preparing the disciples to preach the apostles' doctrine. Well, what was the apostles' doctrine? The apostles' doctrine for salvation was repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and receiving the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's in Acts chapter 2. It's in Acts chapter 8. It's in Acts chapter 10. It's in Acts chapter uh, 19. It's in Corinthians. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. Praise God. But these words are very, very important. Well, preacher, I know this stuff. Do you? Do you really know it? You know it. But the Bible says that we need to take heed to the doctrine. And continue in them. For doing so, we're going to save both ourselves and them that what? Hear you. Or hear thee. We've got to live this thing. We've got to love this truth. Amen? Yes. We've got to get a hold. Uh, our ladies don't cut their hair because the Bible tells them not to cut their hair. Not because the preacher does. Amen? Amen. Corinthians. I didn't write the book of Corinthians. You're going to have to talk to the author. But I'm not thinking he's going to change because he says, I'm the Lord and I change God. Amen. He tells us to keep the scissors out of our hair for ladies. Tells you ladies to not to wear men's clothes and men don't need to wear ladies' clothes. Right. That's what the Bible says. Not what a church says. Not what a a creed says. You know what? It goes on. And if you read it out, and and I'd like to do just a study one of these days uh, on on this holiness standard, but it, it deals with the wearing of makeup. Amen. And the plattering of the hair and the silver and the gold. Those are things that we should avoid. Those were the customs of the first century church. Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable with that. 
When I get uncomfortable is when people start preaching things that I cannot find in principle or deed in the Word of God. Now let me understand. Let me get you to understand principle. If I can find the principle in the Word of God, I'm okay with it. It don't have to be a word for word verbatim. Don't do this. The principle of keeping ourselves and not doing our body any harm, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that we shouldn't smoke or drink. Sorry. It does talk about being drunkard, but where we should uh, smoke or overeat or do things that uh, are harmful to our body. But the principle is you don't need to do anything that's going to bring harm to this temple. So if it's going to bring harm to this temple, then it's not of God. Always amazed me that 400-pound preachers were preaching to people sitting on the pew saying, bless God, you better quit smoking. And they weigh 400 pounds. Mm -hmm. Now that's just as wrong. (laughs) Amen. But it's still a principle Mm -hmm. in the Word of God. Y'all with me tonight? We need to be careful lest we forget what brought us up out of Egypt into this promise. I enjoy the moving of the Holy Ghost, don't you? I enjoy the joy of the Holy Ghost. I enjoy the peace of God. I enjoy coming and worshiping the Lord. But I or you better not forget what brought us here. Right. And we better continually rehearse it in our hearts and our minds the oneness of God. Well, we'll never forget this, preacher. We'll, we'll, we'll never let this slip. Really? Turn back to the book of Jude. Uh, there's only one book. The book of Jude, one chapter, verse 3. Jude, verse 3. Uh, Jude wrote, Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it is needful for me to write unto you and exhort to you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Even by the time Jude, is the book of Jude, verse 3, the beloved when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It was a known thing. It was a common salvation. But he went on. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. The book of Jude were written about 66 to 80 A.D. The time frame for that was about 33 to 47 years after the day of Pentecost or the birth of the New Testament church. So within 33 years, 33 to 47 years, there were those that forgot the truth of the Word of God even back then. Well, it can never happen to us. It can happen to us unless we hold on to this apostolic message. Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, Though we are an angel, 
or anybody come preaching any other gospel. Let me turn there real quick. Galatians chapter 1 verse 8. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach another gospel unto you than that which he have received, let him be accursed. Paul said if he's not preaching repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and separation from the world, holiness. Paul was the one that penned the words, God used Paul. Amen. Said, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. He said, touch not, taste not, handle not the things of this world. we got to get a hold of the apostles' doctrine. Amen. And keep a hold of it. Because it's what Abigail sets us apart. It's the truth of the Word of God. And if somebody out of error, out of ignorance, doesn't know this truth, there are a lot of people in some of these other churches that truly love God just as much as you and I. But Cornelius loved God too. But he wasn't saved. In Acts chapter 10. Amen. He was not saved. Let me tell you something about this and about this. All these other folks. 